0: NBA season is in full swing, crewed up. We got Austin Rivers, of course, Stephen A. and J.J. Reddick. Hi, everybody. What's good going on, Austin?
1: How you doing, bro? I'm
2: good. I'm good. Hey, man, listen, I've been walking around the hallways calling your name. You know, I came all the way out here. I don't, you guys got bigger and better things whoa, to whoa, do. Whoa, I'm walking whoa, through whoa, the streets whoa, of whoa, Brooklyn. That's your fault. Whoa, what's whoa, up, whoa, man?
1: Whoa, J.J.? JJ, on, I, know JJ. That, I know that's your fellow Dookie right there. <laughs> Austin and I go back. That's my boy right there. But yo, how the hell you gonna come to New York and don't give me advance notice? How you gonna come the week of the end, end season? Hey tournament? man, you knew I. Y'all, y'all gotta I talk to booking. Now, that's yeah. on you.
0: <laughs> I'll tell you what, he's been doing his thing out here. Stephen thank you, a. thank you. Yeah, I'm trying. He certainly has. I'm trying to leave a good print. I'm Jump right into board. the mix. Yeah. All right. Let's get into it, guys. Uh, okay, so last night we had the ESPN TNT collab. That was really fun for the in season tournament. Let's check out one of the best segments on TV, right? Shacked in a Fool.
3: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Number three, Jordan Poole. Okay, Shacked and the Poole needs to go back to school. La 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 la. What are you doing? What are you doing? Goodness. That's oh. jump shot. Oh. Okay, man. No. Oh. Oh. oh, Number two, Draymond Green. Not Draymond. With the worst acting job than Stephen A. on General Hospital. <laughs> <laughs>
4: worst <Where's the> brick <laughs> shot? <laughs> Are you sure?
5: <laughs> and number one, oh. Stephen A. Oh. Yes, it is. Oh, my still the <laughs> <up laughs> oh. Here we
1: go. This was blasphemous. I know. Oh, no. Oh, no. All I'm going to do is remind y'all, listen, I got a two hour weekday or- show. <laughs> oh, two days a week. Let's go, man. I'm gonna get y'all. Let's go. Right. I'm going to get Let's y'all go. for this. Hello. Oh, man. That's rough. Can y'all hear me?
0: Yeah, yeah, We hear I can't you. hear. Okay. Oh, I can hear y'all. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. You didn't. You didn't what, see what, any of that? Right. Okay. J.J., can you hear me?
6: I can hear you loud and clear.
0: Okay. Did you have any reaction to that segment, and a fool? You know, the general – Stephen A. is trying to distract us with his earpiece. But any thoughts on that pitch and uh, the general hospital acting, you know, what Charles did in Shaq?
6: Look, I love love the creativity from TNT and superimposing uh, Stephen A. Getting his shot blocked uh, by Thompson was beautiful. But I could literally watch that first pitch maybe four or five times a day because it brings a smile to my face because this guy has such a loud mouth. He talks all this mess about professional athletes, and then he has a chance to throw a strike, and he throws it halfway to home plate. Halfway, Stephen A. (laughs) Do better. It was oh, more than halfway, Jay. Well, I'm back now. I'm, I'm, back,
1: I'm back now, J.J. It was more than halfway. Listen, Jay, Derek G. said it best. I was playing crickets. I was playing crickets. I mean, everyone base baseball was crickets. <laughs> That's the excuse I'm holding on to that for right now.
2: You crickets, do plural.
0: You, y'all you want to in on so
2: the No, I know. not that, that, that pitch was, <laughs> was. Uh, listen, man. I don't think <laughs> I have to say anything. J.J. Horrible. said it. <laughs> that was crazy.
0: All right.
1: Yo, well, it was a choke job. It was a choke job. See, I can take it, JJ. I can take it off. The- I choked, damn it. I choked. Period, JJ, okay? the only thing that's gotta, concerning about
0: it. all of it in Austin own. is that he wants to go do it again. You want to go back? Yeah. I'm gonna wants do it to re- again. He wants I'm gonna to make up for himself.
1: fellas. I respect it though. I'm gonna
2: redeem myself. Do you think that's fellas. a good choice? <laughs> At this point, you can't go any you can't go any uh worse. You know, yeah, it can't
5: yeah.
1: get any worse for you. You might yeah, as well yeah, just go I for I got
0: nowhere to go but up. Yeah, project. I got nowhere to go but up. Exactly. That's true. That's right.
1: I would tell him to go out and try again. Let's go. Let's get to some basketball. Let's get some
6: basketball.
0: Okay, the in-season tournament finals are set. The Lakers will face the Pacers tomorrow at 8.30 Eastern on ABC. Here's the tail of the tape for the in-season tournament championship game. Both teams have not lost a game in season tournament play. The Pacers have the edge in scoring, averaging nearly 133 points per game, while the Lakers have won their games by more points and have a slight edge in three-point percentage. Uh, so with that being said, I'll start with you, Austin. What would it mean if Halliburton outplayed LeBron?
2: This would be huge. I mean, you talk about just from the, the aspect of competition. You, you know, to be the best, you got to beat the best. Yeah. And I don't ever like to over dramatize or be you know overreact to one game, but this mm-hmm. isn't just one game. This is the first year of the in season tournament. Uh, we have the Lakers, the most historic franchise in basketball, in the championship in Vegas versus a talented young star like Tyrese Halliburton. We're, we're getting lucky to see this guy transform. This is usually something you don't see until the playoffs where these young guys go from a star or an all-star to a superstar. Yeah. We're getting to see that early on in the season. He just keeps raising the bar. I love what I saw last night, him going that Dame, him looking at his wrist, him, him saying, I do this too, when he made the deep three in the third quarter. Um, it's impressive, man, and I can't wait to watch that game.
0: Yeah. JJ?
6: Well... I think if he outplays LeBron and the Pacers win tomorrow, it it certainly vaults him into the conversation of being a superstar in the NBA. And, And I would argue that he's probably already there. Think about this right now. In the NBA this season, the most efficient player in isolation, drives, pick and roll, shooting off the dribble, it's Tyrese Halliburton. He's got a top five assist to turnover ratio despite being second in the NBA in touches engineering the best offense in NBA history and look I recognize I certainly recognize that to be in the conversation of being a true superstar you need postseason success I would also argue though that part of being a superstar is it's someone that you want to watch play basketball it's someone whose jersey you want to want to buy for your kids when I watch Tyrese Halliburton play, there is a joy. There is a connectivity between the game, the fans, his teammates. Like, he has raised his level to superstar status this season. And we can argue all day about how many superstars there are or what a superstar means. In my book, he's a superstar right now. Steven A.
1: Well, listen, well, listen I, I, and one of the things that reporters are, uh, are not fond of saying, but I will say it, is that – JJ Redick, Austin Rivers, y'all get to make that decision. You know, y'all get to make that decision and we get to fall back and defer to y'all when y'all say something like that. Me personally, I'm thinking about postseason until you said what you just said, J.J. And because you said what you just said, then I'm cool with it. It's not a problem. But I think it's important that players make that make that distinction. And that's cool. I would tell you that based on our earlier conversation to start the show off, J.J., in case, Austin, you was missing it. We was talking about praising LeBron and talking about how answering the call has a lot to do with it. That's where JJ's synopsis of Halliburton comes into play and is more crystallized. The fact that this kid plays the way that he plays, brings the attention to himself, and then goes out there and performs. Over the last uh, two games against Boston and then against Milwaukee, you see the brother averaging over 26 games, shoot better than 50% from the field, shoot 40% from three-point range, doesn't have a single turnover in those games, which were both victories in regular season, games that matter obviously because of this inaugural in-season tournament you got to give props where props is due so he's doing everything that he can do to sit up there and say put it on my shoulders and what is he doing he's just scoring points leading the league in assists He's not just leading the league in assists, he's minimizing turnovers. Not just that, they're number one in points scored per game and number one in field goal percentage shooting and up there in three points percentage shooting and assists and all of this other stuff. It's not just what he's doing individually, it's the contagious effect that you see him having on the rest of his teammates. And then when you see his teammates, who are obviously elevating their level of play and benefiting from his greatness, deferring to him and saying, he's the reason why we're doing what we're doing. You've got a guy that's playing like a star surrounded by dudes who not only accept it, but embrace it and validate it by elevating their level of play and crediting him along the way. This is what stardom is supposed to be. And that's what he's delivering. And if this continues into the playoffs, Indiana, is going to be a very, very interesting watch because the one thing they have proven to us is they might not be able to stop a cold. They might not be interested in stopping a cold, even though they really, really get on you, uh, you know, defensively from the three-point line. They just give up everything in a lane. But the bottom line is this. They can score on anybody. Yesterday, guys, I called them the Loyola Marymount of the NBA. Oh, Loyola Marymount, with the late great Hank Gathers and and, and those guys.
2: Is it too early to say that uh, Tyrese's MVP conversation?
6: Is it no, it isn't. I said it yesterday. He, he can be no, in the conversation for sure. He's in hey, I, Austin, Austin I, got a, I got a question for you, Austin, because you played with Jokic. I was at a dinner last night, and I know they are very different players with very yep. different skill sets, but I made the comparison that Halliburton in some ways reminds me of Jokic because of the way he plays and the way he connects his teammates. And I was thinking about it this morning, and I, I thought to myself, if I'm a player right now, and I'm watching Denver play, or I'm watching Indiana play, and I think to myself, who do I want to play with? And you play with Jokic. Who do I want to play with? What star do I want to play with? Jokic and Halliburton are probably at the top of the list right now.
2: One and two. They're one and two. It's interesting you said that. that was, I was just about to bring up that point of he's the only other guy I can think of outside of Nikola. Yeah. That if you did a player poll throughout the NBA mm-hmm. – of who guys would want to play with, Tyrese would definitely be probably second, maybe even one, just because really? he's a point guard and he pushes. The way he uh, okay. plays, he gets hockey assist half the time. He, he makes plays not even get to, uh, to get the assist. He makes it just because it's the right play, to push the tempo. Everyone in that team eats. Everyone that plays eats. It's, 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 you know, well, it's actually fun
1: to watch. I'd have him at one. I'd have him at one. Not to say he's better than Jokic, but he's faster as a guard. You see what I'm saying? And so the speed that comes along with everything else he brings to the table in terms of the selflessness is what really, really resonates with you. And I remember, you know, again, I'm not comparing him, per se, at this particular juncture. But when we think about Irvin Magic Johnson, what do we think about? Yeah, the greatest pass of all time and all of this other stuff in a lot of people's eyes, greatest point guard ever. But the thing about it is that. He let you know that everybody was going to eat. He let you know that Showtime was about us, not just about him. He was the orchestrator, but other people were going to be fed and they were going to be fed in the flow, and in the rhythm of what he dictated, and you had to maturate to that, and you didn't have to necessarily do it slower with a Jokic, who's obviously a seven-foot center, as opposed to Halliburton, who's a guard. And last but not least, guys, I don't know if you saw me on the air over the last two days, but they've been playing clips. 2020, I'm going off because I'm so ticked off. J.J. Austin, I'm on the phone with the Knicks. Night before, draft Halliburton. You don't need another forward. When we were hearing all of this damn noise about OB topping, I said, you're not going to play him. I'm not saying the brother can't play. I know he's a talent, and I know he's a local product. But, damn it, you got Julius Randle. You ain't moving him. If you ain't going to yep. move him, what you're drafting OB Toppin, for? You need the guard. So now they want to go out and go like this. Well, we got Jalen Brussels? Stop it. You could have had Halliburton and Jalen Brunson, or you could have had Halliburton. You wouldn't needed to pay Jalen Brunson one hundred and four million dollars, and you could have went and got Donovan Mitchell without trying back to block to Utah with all of that stuff. It Always comes Say back what? to
2: Knicks. Say what? It always comes back to the Knicks
6: with you. Yes,
1: it's, it's all the time. Yes, <laughs> always. Let it
6: go. Always. Could you,
1: could, 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 could you imagine? Could y'all imagine Halliburton at the Garden, fellas? I mean Halliburton at the Garden, man. Halliburton at the Garden, man. Instead of Indiana. I mean, could you imagine? Could you imagine? Oh. Y'all don't understand my pain. Y'all just don't get it. You just don't get it.
2: Hey, man, listen, I was there for about four months. I get it.
0: (laughs) Hey, Molly Karam here, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part, each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats rewards, scoring beatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code TAKE. That's code TAKE. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live brought to you by the Capital One Venture Card. Earn unlimited double miles on every purchase every day and you can use those miles on any travel purchase. Plus earn unlimited 5x miles on hotels and rental cars booked through Capital One Travel. Your next trip is closer than you think with the Venture Card from Capital One. Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. We got a huge AFC showdown this Sunday with Josh Allen and the Bills head to Arrowhead to take on Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. The Bills 6-6, six six playing for their playoff lives. Meanwhile, the Chiefs haven't looked like themselves. They've dropped three of their last five games. A lot of it has to do with the drops. In the
5: locker room, I think everybody knows that we're all trying to go out there and be great and try to win football games. And um, I have a lot of trust in those guys, um, and I see how hard they're working.
0: All right, RC, tell me this. Can the Chiefs win the Super Bowl with this receiving core?
5: Yes, they can win it. I don't expect them to, though. Okay, I mean, you know, like it's, it's all about the way you phrase the question. When you look at Patrick Mahomes, we're used to seeing Patrick Mahomes elevate the people around him. When you go back to last year, there was no Tyreek Hill. Are we saying that Juju Smith Schuster was worth? that level of explosivity in this offense? I don't believe so. And when you think about Patrick Mahomes, where they were last week against the Green Bay Packers, the drop by MVS versus the Philadelphia Eagles, but also what we saw them do after the first two series against the Las Vegas Raiders, they can find ways to make plays. Will Matt Nagy put them in position to do so? The reason that we've always picked the Kansas City Chiefs was because of their quarterback. And I said it this morning that this feels like when Michael Jordan went to play baseball. Everybody in the AFC now has hopes, the same way everybody in the NBA then had a hope that they can win a championship. But when you think about Rasheed Rice and now finding ways to get him the football where he could be running, getting that momentum, the yards after the catch, you have to do something different with Travis Kelsey. And I know people are going to look at his stats and say that he still leads tight ends in many of the categories but where's the explosive plays for Travis Kelsey where's Travis Kelsey beating one-on-ones and stretching the field I believe that those days are gone whether it be from the injury early on this season or if father the time is catching up with him how do you replace that and I still feel like Matt Nagy hasn't figured that out but when you watch this team and think of Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes in December months, in January, this is a team that finds ways to win. And I think there could be adjustments made. They're just running out of time.
0: Stephen A.
1: Look, man, before CC, before C.C. chime in here, R.C., man, it's rare that I disagree with you, but I disagree with you by default here. No, from a talent perspective, you can sit up there and say it is not some precipitous drop off from a Juju Smith-Schuster by how many teams got 26 drops? Yeah. Drops. I'm saying, I, I mean, if you're telling me route running and and, and getting open or Patrick Mahomes getting you to football, it's all that matters. I stand down. You're absolutely right. But you can't catch. You're literally <laughs> dropping passes all the time. Yeah, hell yeah, there's a big-time drop-off from that. I didn't see that last year. I didn't see them drop. Listen. Tyreek Hill's got 12 touchdowns. Their receivers got 10. He's got he's got about 191 yards shy of what they've done collectively. Yeah, they don't have a Tyreek Hill, but they're still a reigning defending Super Bowl champions. You know why? Because the guys that they had did the basic fundamental responsibility. That's what they fulfilled. But if they we throw the ball, and you catch the damn
3: ball, <laughs> they caught the
1: ball. They caught the ball. <laughs> we're literally we're literally. I mean, the 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 kids you train, and I've watched you. I've watched you on Instagram. I've watched you on social media. I've watched the video of you working kids out. You got kids in high school that you are running drills through, that you are putting through the work, RC, that are catching passes better (laughs) than wide receivers for the Kansas City (laughs) (laughs) team. You are not making up. (laughs) Listen, literally, literally, Patrick Mahomes would be justified in picking up the phone and saying, Yo, RC, man, can I get one of those receivers this Sunday? Can I get one of them? I know they play in high school. But damn, I mean, that's how bad it is to the point where Valdez Scantlin was open. It was a clear pass interference that was against him that was not called, right? And all of us went like this. You know what we were saying. CC, you know what we were all saying. He we all went like this. Yeah, he going to to But he did have dropped it anyway. <laughs> he would have dropped it anyway. I mean, that's how we think it right now. No disrespect. No disrespect because Valdez Scanlon, up until this year, we weren't really saying that about him to the degree that we are now. But, my God, it is bad in, San- in Kansas City. There is no way in hell you can win a Super Bowl if your
3: receivers can't catch. Oh, wait a minute now, Stephen. You're dead wrong on this one. Let's take inventory here. We're talking about a receiving core that's bottom five in drops. You're talking about a team that has a top ten defense. They've got a Hall of Fame tight end, a Hall of Fame head coach, and a quarterback in the GOAT conversation. Hmm. Let me see where we've seen that before and that team winning a championship. Oh, you know, the New England Patriots five years ago in 2018 when they beat Pat Mahomes going through Arrowhead to the Super Bowl and beating the Reds. Yeah, yeah, that receiving core was bottom five in drops during the season. Now, a lot of people don't want to talk about that. We don't want to associate a Bill Belichick team or a wide receiving core with not having something so fundamental as a receiving core that can catch passes. But that's the reality. They can win it. The Chiefs have warts. So do the other 31 teams in the National Football League. It's about finding a way to overcome them. And when we start talking about the confidence level moving forward, when you look at their remaining schedule relative to all the other teams that can have the number one seed in the AFC, give me the Kansas City Chiefs. Their next five games, they don't play a team that currently has a winning record. I will take the Chiefs. It's still the Arrowhead Invitational, as my boy Nick Wright likes to call it. It's going to run through Arrowhead in terms of getting out of the AFC in order to get to the Super Bowl. You know what? It's going to look a little different, but the Chiefs are still going to be there in the end. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, you know, you know what I see, you know what I see in CeCe, I have to admit, you remember the movie Silver Linings Playbook of Robert De Niro, where, where, Jennifer Lawrence checked them about, about the juju and the juju ju and all of this other yeah. stuff. And he said, I have to rethink this. I have to rethink this. I mean, you know, <laughs> I, 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 she might have, you might have a point there. That's how I feel right now. I didn't realize it. I was like, wait a minute. I ain't, when New England had that they were dropping the ball like that 2018. I forgot about that. Okay. All right, all right. But maybe the, you got a point. The, the, I still don't believe the you. The other piece of it, I still it, don't believe you. But, but the other piece of point. it is this, though.
5: <laughs> like, like some of those drops are also Travis Kelsey. And if you're telling me that Travis Kelsey, when Patrick Holmes and the Kansas City no, Chiefs need the most or need him most, he's not going to step up. I, I don't believe that. Right. If you're talking about a team that understands the way to win. And if you're looking at the Miami Dolphins, the Miami Dolphins still have to see the Baltimore Ravens. The Miami Dolphins still have to see the Dallas Cowboys. The Baltimore Ravens still have a difficult uh, resume or difficult schedule headed forward. And so all of these things play into the fact that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be there. And when we say they get there. That's when you have to bet against Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and a defense that's improved. And we're not—I'm not sitting here saying that if you told me to put my money on them, I bet them against the field. What you're asking is, can they win with this group of individuals at the wide receiver position? And they absolutely can't.
1: Well, you know what? One quick question. I think it's very, very important. I ask this question: are, are, Do does Taylor Swift have any concerts overseas that he <laughs> might right. travel to? I mean, that, that is a factor. Yes, that has. I ain't gonna miss no day. No <laughs> Stephen hey, no, no, no not, I'm not worried, Before, I'm not, I'm
0: before about, we roll, i right, oh, That's my so, Honestly, I'm not, honestly. I'm, not,
1: I'm not worried about him and under any other circumstances. I'm not worried about traveling. One word, one word answer.
0: Right now, who do you have winning the AFC? Baltimore. Jacksonville. Thank you. Wow, you yeah. got I gotta go to commercial break on that. Okay. Yeah. is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call one 800 DIRECTV or visit directtv.com to sign up today. Claim based on the total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Thanks so much for listening to the First Take Pod. Have a fabulous day.
4: Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel.
0: All right, when it comes to being hard-pressed uh, to find two big men bigger than Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid, both continue to play at a high level, with Jokic putting up historic numbers in Embiid. Performing perhaps even better than his MVP season last year, Embiid is currently leading the league in points per game and on pace to set a new career high in assists per game, while Jokic is on pace to set a career high in points per game and leads the league in rebounds per game. All right, J.J. Austin, S.A. back here. And J.J., I want to start with you. Does Embiid have a legit case as the best player in the world right now?
6: Well, he, he definitely has a legit case, but I'm not willing to say that he is the best player in the world. I think Nikola Jokic is still the best player in the world, and he has that title likely uh, through this playoffs. We'll see what happens in the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. But I, I do want to say one thing. You know, the, the, the comparison between the two, especially over the last three years, has centered a lot around uh, the analytics argument in favor of Jokic and the, the defensive argument in favor of Embiid. Well, in the last uh, probably six months, uh, that sort of uh, gap has been slimmed on both sides of the ball, in my opinion. We saw it last year in the playoffs uh, Jokic make a, a lot of impact defensively. It's not like he ever was a traffic cone like I was when I played. Uh, and then on the other side for Embiid, you know, his playmaking has been spectacular this year. You mentioned he's averaging a career high in assists. Uh, and And the analytics now... Also, love Embiid. And if you look at a lot of the advanced stats, the singular player stats, Embiid and Jokic are 1-2 in a lot of these. So to me, Jokic still has that title because of the title run, because of the way that he finished uh, or started out this season. But Embiid is definitely in the conversation for best player in the world and has a strong and compelling case.
1: You know, J.J., uh, I I get your point, and I agree with you. Um, But, you know, Embiid is 5-2 and in straight-up matches, in the seven straight-up matches that they've had. But that's about the only thing that he has going for him. Uh, Jokic is a champion. Embiid hasn't even been to a conference finals. We get all of that. I'm looking at Embiid, however, and I'm comparing him to himself based off of last year, he's averaging a career high with 6.6 assists right now leads the team in assist points created, uh, you know, obviously, you know, uh, at it's 17.6 up from 10.8. And so I'm looking at things like that and I'm seeing some of the comparable numbers averaging 33.1, just like he did last season, averaging 34.7 minutes compared to 34.6 last year. And I'm looking at his game. And I, if you ask me in terms of the game, his footwork, his defensive prowess, just as, I mean, just the touch, the movement. I mean, He's so special of a talent, but we also have to take that intangible into consideration. Jokic galvanizes, and it's not to say that Embiid does not, but put JJ and Austin up because I want to be very careful. I want to make sure that I'm clear when I say this. Okay. It's not Embiid's fault in any way. I love him. Love his personality. It's not his fault, but on his watch, we had the Ben Simmons situation and out of James Harden situation. That's not his fault, but we don't have that in Denver. When in Denver, I mean, it's just everything's about Jokic and everybody loves Jokic. You see Embiid now with Maxi and Tobias and every, you know, everybody else. They love Embiid. I love Embiid. The coaches love Embiid. Doc Rivers loved Embiid when he was there. Management loves Embiid, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But those problems, albeit not his fault happened under his watch and may have served to derail the championship aspirations that he obviously has. Jokic doesn't have that problem. That's why he's a champion. And so we have to take that into consideration, even though it may be of no fault to Embiid right now, you've got to give Jokic to Ed, but as a, as edge, but as a talent Embiid is all time special.
2: No doubt. Yeah. I, I don't even think there's anything to even debate here. Uh, I- I I think Joel Embiid is one of the most electrifying players in the NBA. Uh, His skill set at his size is unprecedented. His his post moves, the way he can go from outside, inside, nobody can guard him. Uh, We looked at his numbers earlier. He's having better numbers now than he did last year, Uh, and that's coming off in an MVP season, which may or may not have gone to him. Maybe there's voters fatigue there. I I don't know. Uh, But Nikola Jokic is the best basketball player on the planet right now. And he has been for the past couple of years, and he is this year. Uh, The the way he plays, his unselfishness, the way he's able to dominate a game, we talked about it uh, yesterday in terms of a man having a control on the game. We talk about LeBron James. We talked about Chris Paul. We talked about a lot of these uh, great players that we play with. Nikola Jokic is a guy I have never either played against or played with the team in terms of when I played with him, a guy who's had that much control on a game on a night-to-night basis. And people talk about his lack of athleticism, which he actually is a freak athlete. It's just not your traditional type of athlete. His touch, his feel, his will to win. And like you said, Stephen, guys like playing with him. He doesn't have these issues in the locker room. I played there. there. It was consistency every single day. He has work ethic, and it starts at the top. This is a guy who, I mean, when we talk about... You talk about voters' fatigue. He could easily, we've seen it with LeBron James. This guy could win four to five MVPs in a row if we really were just going off base of who's the best basketball player on the you planet. Know what?
1: You know what I find so amazing about him? A couple of things. Number one, he can't jump onto a curb, and you can't stop. him. There's nothing you can do. You can't stop him. That's number one. Number two, you know what? You see guys walking around, they're physiqued up, they they look conditioned or whatever. He just look, he just he just looked like he wobbling around, yeah. and nobody can mess with him. He just I see guys' muscles coming out of everywhere. He's just moving them aside like there's nothing. I just you know look at him. I'm like, this guy's unbelievable. He's unbelievable.
2: Do You know what's crazy is he's such a freak athlete. It's just not traditional. People don't understand that for a man his size to be running up and down the floor with that much onus and pressure on your shoulders every night, to be in that type of shape at that size doesn't get injured a lot has incredible footwork, yes. his touch around the rim. He probably one of the be- has one of the best floaters in basketball, and he's a center. Like, that shot he gets in the paint all the time, and that little pick and roll with Jamal Murray, where he's shooting that little 10-footer over, like, another 7-footer that's guarding him, people think it's just an easy shot. It's one of the hardest shots in basketball. You know what I mean? And this is a guy who
6: shoots at one of the highest clips consistently. Great. I think, I, I, Stephen, I, we hey, talked about this before. I think whenever we, st- we start making the, these arguments around players or who's better than who – you know, we, we, we get so caught up in aesthetics, and that's ultimately what you're talking about, right? We're, not, we're talking about aesthetics yeah. versus yeah. actual effectiveness or versus dominance. And so, yeah, okay, to some people, Jokic aesthetically may not be pleasing, but if you really break down the game and the way he uses his mind, his body to anticipate, I, you know, I always go back. Think about how many blind lob passes he throws to Aaron Gordon in the dunker spot. And think about how many times that Aaron Gordon is covered on that blind pass, and at the last second he kicks, kicks to KCP for a wide-open three in the corner. Like, that's a great basketball player. Maybe it, it looks a little bit different than a, guy, a wing guy guard, you know, coming down on the wing, isoing, putting the ball between his leg, hitting a st- tough step-back jumper. It looks different, but it's as dominant as anything in this league right now. Yep, exactly. The thing that I want to mention is this, though,
1: because you bring up aesthetics. That may have been what caused folks to pass on Halliburton. Like Bob Myers was bringing that up yesterday. You know, you see his leadership or whatever. You see his jump shot. It looks a bit awkward, looks a bit ugly. It goes in, damn it. Halliburton can ball. Obviously, Jokic is, is one of the all-time greats. Aesthetic, that, you, you pointed that out. But, but I will tell you this, J.J., where it's alarming with what you say because you're absolutely right. It's one thing for me and others in my position to point to things aesthetically, right? It's another thing entirely when I can point to a myriad of executives in the National Basketball Association who are guilty of doing the same exact thing you just pointed out. Mm. They look at somebody aesthetically and they say, hey, that's the guy. And they end up missing a lot, a lot of times, just as much, if not more, than they Steven make the a. right
6: pick because of that. Stephen A. I, I, I call those guys hotel lobby all stars. <laughs> seriously, hotel lobby all stars. You're you you you're just a, you're just a person sitting in the hotel lobby, and an NBA bus shows up, and the team walks through in their practice gear, and you're like, oh, that the way that guy walks, or the, the, that guy's physique. Oh, he looks like he looks like the best player. I guarantee you, if you watch. A, a bunch of teams walk through a hotel lobby. Whoever the hotel lobby all-star is not the best player, right? Yeah. Austin touched on this perfectly. There is so much that goes yeah. into being a basketball athlete beyond just running and jumping.
1: Totally. Yeah.
6: Totally. You're absolutely right. right and by the way, congratulations
1: to you, the old man in the pivot and the three, the old man in the three, because I'm going to steal that line. You know what I'm saying? Was it hotel? What was the hotel? What? What, do you, what do you call them? What you call him J.J. Ready? O- hotel J. hotel,
6: All-star, hotel right? Lobby All-Stars. Hotel,
1: lobby, hotel All-star. lobby All-Stars. Hotel Lobby All-Stars. I'm using that. I'm coining that. I'm going to tell everybody, J.J. Ready? Hotel Lobby All-Stars. You got it. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't.
4: Don't risk it. Click it or tick it. Paid for by NHTSA.
0: Hey, Molly Karam here, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. When you're on a business trip, you know what goes completely off the rails? Your workout routine especially when you book a hotel that doesn't have a gym. So what ends up happening is you do a few push-ups, sit-ups in your room, run around the block, or you just skip it entirely. Lame. If you just stay at La Quinta by Wyndham, you'll discover there's a fully equipped fitness center at every location. Now you can wake up, power your buys, your tries the right way, or de-stress with a little cardio. The choice is yours. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book direct at LQ. Now let's get to the game of the week. Eagles heading to Dallas to take on the Cowboys. Huge playoff implications on the line. Philly took the first matchup in a very close one. They're currently a game ahead of Dallas in the NFC East. The Eagles coming off a lopsided loss to the 49ers. Meanwhile, the Cowboys, winners of four straight, Dak Prescott playing some of his best football this season, leading the league in touchdowns to interceptions and ranking in the top five in total QBR completion percentage in yards per attempt. Southern Steve, is this the biggest regular season game of Dak Prescott's career?
1: You know, the honest answer to to the question is I'll say yes, but the real answer is I don't know. Because I haven't thought about the last time there's been some big regular season game with the Cowboys. I mean, perpetually, I know they're going to come in second place. It's not like they. <laughs> um, I know
5: that
1: eventually they're going to lose, and so I haven't really thought about. I haven't really thought about it until this morning. But when asking the question, considering that there's a division crown on the line, essentially, because if you lose this game, you're not going to win the division. The importance of the win, how prolific Dallas has been with home court advantage, the expectation in terms of how soft the the Philadelphia Eagles, particularly their secondary, has been combined with Dallas being three and one in the last four starts against the Eagles. I'm talking about Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott specifically averaging, what is it, 38.8 points. We gave 74 completion percentage, 14 touchdowns, just two turnovers. Considering how he's performed, what's on the line because what could cost them if they lose along with home field advantage, how they've looked when they're at home compared to how they've been on the road, how vulnerable the reigning NFC champions are looking at this particular moment in time. I think all of those things combined with them desperately needing home court advantage to elevate their chances to beat a Philadelphia or San Francisco potentially in an NFC playoff game. I think all of those components cumulatively coming together, I think that make that elevates the level of importance for Dak Prescott for this to be his most important and biggest regular season game of his career thus far.
3: Yeah, Stephen A., I don't even think it's a question. This, this is by far the biggest game in the regular season for Dak Prescott and his career because of what you just said. Having the opportunity to play against those opponents, whether it be San Francisco or Philadelphia or maybe both in the postseason, in Jerry's world, makes a world of difference. This team has the second longest home winning streak in franchise history. 14 straight games they've won at AT AT&T Stadium. So, yeah, it makes a huge difference. But if they don't win this game, then all of a sudden there is no path for Dak to win an MVP, and there is no path for the Dallas Cowboys to win their division. And so, yeah, I think it's absolutely important that, Jer- that Jerry gets to see this from his quarterback, that in this spot, with these types of stakes, that Dak Prescott can come through. There is no path to the Dallas Cowboys actually beating the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday Night Football unless Dak plays at an MVP level. So, yes, this is the biggest game in Dak's career in the regular season.
5: Steven, I'm disgusted with you. I can't believe you, of all <laughs> I do people, now? <laughs> all you ever talk about, what they going to do in the playoffs, anything that can happen will happen. And you talking about who cares about if this is the biggest regular season game or not. Shouldn't we not? That shouldn't even be a part of the conversation. The conversation should be that the Dallas Cowboys have an opportunity to just like Chris Canty say, to put themselves in position to host playoff games in Jerry's world. That's what's important. It don't matter if the San Francisco regular season game was important. It don't matter what regular season game was important because this is all leading up to can the Dallas Cowboys win the Super Bowl. And so when we watch this game, we need to watch this game to see Dak Prescott, who honestly, when you listen to the way he's behaved and all of his pressers, has been flippant to the media. He feels like right now he's the one. The same way when Morpheus was sitting in that room and they was all dirty and dingy and Neo, because he was in the Matrix, had his suit on fighting the agents and he said, he's starting to believe, (laughs) right? That's where Dak Prescott is right now. He's starting to believe. And you remember when Neo believed what happened, he kicked Agent Smith in the face 16 times without putting his leg down. That's what we got to go see Dak Prescott do. Because if Dak Prescott doesn't do that, This week, we'll be sitting here Monday, Chris will be on his radio show, you'll be here on first take, and we'll be saying it again, the same old Dallas Cowboys, the same old Dak Prescott. But it doesn't have to do with the fact that it's a regular season game. It has to do with the fact that you're supposed to be the better team right now. If you look at the Dallas Cowboys coming into this game, you look at the San Francisco 49ers coming into this game, everything in the world is set up for the Dallas Cowboys to win. These are the type of Mondays If the Cowboys win. I mean, the Cowboys lose that you put on your hat, you walk in with your cigar, and you somehow mix your New York dialect with some dude from Texas that actually doesn't doesn't live in Dallas. This is that sort of game. Well, it's not because it's a big regular season game. It's because the Dallas Cowboys Mm -hmm. are now supposed to be that team. Go show us. Well, first of all, well first of all,
1: I, I I don't I don't think you get to say that. And the reason why I don't think you get to say that because we watch you give sermons on the pivot, you know, mm-hmm. talking about how tomorrow isn't guaranteed and getting all spiritual oh,
3: that's what? that you talk to. You
1: don't get to do that. You don't get to do that. You don't get to do that. It's spiritual. You understand what I'm saying? That's why you be wearing them college shirts, which are pretty fly, by the way. I've ordered a few because that's what you've been doing, okay? So that's number one. Number two, let's not forget it's not just first take, it's the Stephen A. Smith show on YouTube. Let's not forget that because you're gonna see me oh. talking about about him on that too number three what you're really getting on me about is the fact that I dropped the ball as the executive producer I've got outstanding yes. producers that do a great great job on this show I wouldn't be me without them they know them I love them even though Molly shows them more love than me visually I show it behind the scenes but in the end <laughs> what it comes down to is this in the end it's like yeah. You got to take one week at a time. You're going to see your crawl before you walk. And I'm trying to be nice and a bit diplomatic because I know what I'm going to say. The minute the clock strikes January, the minute the month of December is over and January comes, I know where they're going. I know where they're going. So why be a bit premature with that? Let's live in the moment, and let's <laughs> give it to them right now. That's all I'm trying to do. That's all I'm nah, trying to nah, do, nah, Pastor
3: nah. Clark, that's nah, No, that's the version of Stephen A. Smith I want to see. Eight, <laughs> Diplomacy <laughs> don't look as good on you as them suits you wore today and last night. Last i seen night. the electric blue suit, too, my brother. Mm-hmm. Outstanding work. Right. Not like, what, like that, what you're doing right that, now. Because I'm going to tell you Wait till Lamar. Wait till Lamar. Wait till Lamar, bro. The Dallas Cowboys... Like R.C. said, have it all set up for them yep. for to win this game. Yep. For the second week in a row, the Philadelphia Eagles will be at a rest disadvantage than their opponent. Mm-hmm. And then the Dallas Cowboys get the Eagles after they play the San Francisco 49ers. And the record of opponents the week after playing San Francisco the last two years is 7-20. and 20. Yep. So it's all teed up for you to take care of business at home, Dallas Cowboys. You know what, what are you going to do in so this? So you're you know taking what? Dallas, candy you, you know what? No, I'm you taking know what? Philadelphia. You know what? <laughs>
0: are you, are you, you know, <laughs> You sex, no, are clean you clean taking Philly too? No. I'm taking Dallas. You're both taking Dallas. No, I'm, I'm taking I'm Philly. I'm taking Philly. Oh, you know Philly, what? You Philly. know what? Damn it! Philly,
1: Philly, you two, Philly. you two, you two, right there. You two are getting on my nerves with your damn brilliance. Y'all better calm <laughs> this down. You understand? What? So you better calm this down. You ain't got to show the brilliance all the time, damn it. Okay, just calm Steven it down. Are you what taking? I'm going to do is I'm going to set it up. I'm picking the Cowboys to win this game. I'm picking the Cowboys oh, to win this it. game. Now I ain't say they're gonna do. It. I ain't say they're gonna do a damn thing come January. But right now, I'm gonna do it. You know what I'm saying? They're gonna have a home game. Who knows? They're gonna have a home playoff game, right? And I'm gonna do first take. We gonna do first take from Jerry World in the parking lot can I, can I ask during a the TV? tailgate. Can That's a what we go do. I'm yeah, short, sure, and I'm a riding on a horse. I'm going to on a horse. This is a lot Quit right now. Okay. cowboy lot. To
5: both you and Canty, though, with this with this being a big regular season game, as you guys are saying, if Dallas wins, do they become the favorite in the NFC?
0: Mm, no. No. Nah. Over San Francisco. Not over San Francisco. Hell no. Nah.
3: Nah. That's a nah Absolutely me, not. <laughs>
0: right. No way. Right. I'm told we have Please.
1: to go. He, he crazy, CC. He crazy, man. Ain't happening.
0: Okay, so you're both taking the Eagles, Stephen A's taking the Cowboys. Canty, what about Bill's Chiefs?
3: Uh, I'm going to roll with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I, I understand that they're at a rest disparity when it comes to the matchup with the Bills. Bills coming off of their bye week, but give me Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes after a loss. Like, yeah. Pat Mahomes' record all time is money after losses. Yeah. I mean, so I, I trust that they're going to be able to find a way to get it done at home. Yeah, I'm going with the Chiefs, too,
5: but reluctantly, right? You look at the Buffalo Bills, the way they played offense, the Kansas City Chiefs not necessarily executing as high of a, uh, high of a level as, as we're used to seeing, but I think they a way to win this game. And also replacing Brian Cook is something I'll be paying attention
0: to.
1: S.A.? Listen, the Chiefs should win this game. I would be more confident in the Bills if the Chiefs hadn't lost last week. But since they did, I'm going to pick the Chiefs. But I got to tell you, the Bills need to win this game. They really, really do. They should be desperate. They should be desperate.
0: Stephen A., have fun out there.